Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bare Roots. Today's episode, we're going to focus in on some UFO, some strange happenings. And this is all because we're talking about the first UFO sighting ever in the United States. Shannon, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. We came to this topic because it's Thanksgiving time. That's right. We're recording in advance and it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving time right here, right now. But when you're listening to this, it is. So we were thinking last year we did the Roanoke Colony. So we're thinking colonies, colonies, colonies. And then we also wanted to honor the commitment we made to you about doing a alien related topic every once in a while. And boom, bada bing, bada boom. We found this marriage of topics. (laughs) That's right. This is a double whammy. And we have a really good story for everyone. We're combining a little bit of old, a little bit of UFO. So everyone's going to be a happy camper today. That's right. So let's just jump in, shall we? Let's learn about what happened. When did it happen? Where did it all go down? So this may surprise some folks, but the first recorded UFO sighting in the United States happened when would you think, like, if before researching, if you had to have a guess, when would you, like, realistically a recording of some sort? I'm going to say, like, 1770s is when I Okay. Would. Yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe, like, an early 1800s. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But shocker, it was actually in 1639. That's right, wow. people. Before even the Revolutionary War, like we're talking pilgrims. This is where we're coming to the Thanksgiving theme. And this was discovered, or I shouldn't, yeah, I guess discovered and written and recorded, whatever you want to say, by a man named John Winthrop, who was the governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. So this was March 1st, early 1600s. And that's when he wrote in his book, he had like a journal, if you will, that a man named James Everall, who was labeled and described as a very sober, discreet man. So James and two other people were rowing a boat nearby when they saw a green light in the sky. And it's just like so crazy to me. First, we have recordings from the early 1600s. And then on top of it, John Winthrop was talking about a possible UFO sighting. I know the people who found his writings were like, um, (laughs) what? (laughs) Excuse me? Yeah. (laughs) So he wrote saying, quote, When it stood still, it flamed up and was about three yards square. When it ran, it was contracted into the figure of a swine. So this is what they described, and he was writing it all down. And so based on his description, it wasn't like James was drunk or whatever. He was known to be like a solid, honest guy who was sober. So he took this description to heart. So apparently over the course of two to three hours, they said that the mysterious light darted back and forth over about two miles. And he also said that there were other people who saw the same light after and about the same place where it was described by James and his friend. So the fact that it's not only just these guys who are telling John, but also just random strangers are also seeing the same thing. So 
the rowers also described that during their whole like rowing situation that they were surprised to find themselves one mile upstream as if the light had transported them there. But what I will say is that the men had no memory of just like rowing against the tide. So it could have been the wind or possibly a reverse tidal flow. Uh, But some argue like, could this have been the UFO transporting them from one (laughs) side of the river to the other? But again, it I think we can use science and nature to kind of assume what happened, but it's an interesting little tidbit, like a sight that they've never seen in the sky. And then all of a sudden they're in one place to the other. Right. I mean, it was two to three hours. So I feel like you could float a mile in two to three hours. Also like you're sitting there for two to three hours. I know that there's no other form of entertainment in 1639, but, and I know this is weird that there's a light floating in there. But two to three hours, that's a long time to sit in a boat and look at something. So crazy. And it's also so weird when I think about that time period. It's not like electricity exists. Right. Um, not like planes exist, helicopters, the things that we see you know, commonly in the night sky with the lights and whatever. So just imagine just not having any of that advanced technology and seeing something green, just like going through the sky. Right darting back and forth what the heck is this thing because again Mm -hmm. no technology to produce that sort of thing right all the light you get is from the sun the moon and the stars yep exactly i did find fun fact that as of 2019 i don't know if it's still there but as of 2019 in brookline mass there's a sculpture that symbolizes this ufo sighting and it's a metal sculpture. It's in a park. From one angle, it looks kind of just like a green squiggly line. But then if you walk in another angle, it looks like a pig, like a swine. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That is interesting. I feel like it's something that not a lot of people know or talk about, especially this area, New England. I feel like it's not that's the right. go-to place for mm. ufo sightings but they're actually there's a good amount of stories in this yeah area. so we have another one that happened five years after this this first one so we are at 1644 and this is also told by governor winthrop so there was a captain named captain john chaddock And his boat was blown up by a guy who allegedly fired a pistol into gunpowder on board. Not great. Not good. Five men lost their lives. And soon after that, unexplained lights appeared in the sky. And again, this is outside Boston as well. This is like in Boston Harbor, pretty much. Mm Mm-hmm. Quote, about midnight, three men coming in a boat to Boston saw two lights arise out of the water near North Point of the town cove in the form like a man and went at a small distance to the town and so to the South Point and there vanished away. And this kept happening. People in Boston started, they came up with this idea that one of Chaddock's men conjured up the spirits of the dead soldiers and that was, you know, the origins of this light. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quote, exactly 16 days after the blowing up of Captain Chaddock's ship and crew, 
this is a little bit more romanticized, but at the witching hour of midnight, when churchyards yawn and the hell itself breathes forth contagion into the air. Jeez. <laughs> Three men in a boat coming towards Boston. And then they just, that was just like another reaccount of the story. Yeah. Imagine if we still talked that way. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> These lights, these just appeared for 15 minutes, but they kept coming on for a while. They described these lights as having a playful mood, like they kept darting about each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they were shooting out flames, sometimes sparkles. And then at one point, two lights came together and formed one and it floated off behind the hill and people didn't see it anymore. And then in other parts of Boston, they started hearing a voice screaming, boy, boy, come away, come away. And the so voice spooky. was very spooky. Like, are we still in spooky season? Are we still? Like, this is a little trickling of spooky a little, season. A little trickling. <laughs> the voice was shifting its location and it kind of had this whimsical manner to it. It was changing. Again, it changed its distance. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of far apart. Like it couldn't have been a person running around. The voice was heard about 20 times by a large group of people. About after three weeks, these lights and voices finally came to a rest. And again, these all started after the sinking of that ship. Mm -hmm. So people assume that the man who blew up the ship was the sailor that was known to be a necromancer, which is a person that can talk to the dead. He was also suspected of murdering his master in Virginia. And so they believe that he intentionally blew up the ship. His body was never found. Unlike all the other people on the ship that passed away, they were able to recover their bodies, except for this guy. So they think that those voices and lights were due to the fact that they couldn't recover his body. But later on, some people read these descriptions of the story and they thought no 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 we think this is ufos mm -hmm. you know what's crazy is that this guy gives me like witchy vibes right you know yes. definitely somebody who's you know apparently talking to the dead or whatever suspected of murder but we're not you know putting them to the stake <laughs> <laughs> well he's gone <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly true but i don't know it's just like some like weird freaky things that are like happening in this i know massachusetts what are you doing yeah so three years after that in new haven connecticut there was another sighting but this one was a little bit different and i'll try to shorten it a little bit but basically a reverend received a letter from a pastor in new haven and he was describing a apparition of a ship in the air. So apparently a ship leaving New Haven a year prior, mm -hmm. they were lost at sea. Nobody saw them. Gone. Missing. Done. The following year, uh, the following year, this thunderstorm arose and out of the bowels of the clouds came this <laughs> ship sailing through the sky and it was so crystal clear people could see the colors of the different parts of the ship the masts, everything and somebody even thought like 
somebody could throw a rock off the ship and hit us. It is so close. As soon as she came, she left and vanished into another smoky cloud and dissipated through the air. And again, this is another story where there were a lot of witnesses. I mean, it's a pastor, so you'd like to think that he's uh, truthful, truthful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but maybe not. But again, people recognized it as the ship that went missing, but Mm -hmm. it was sailing through the air. And so, of course, with that story as well, people think aliens. Oh, yeah. And again, it's just so crazy. You hear New Mexico or Nevada Mm -hmm. with all of these UFO sightings and all of this open lands with, you know, not a lot of people and all this stuff. But if you really think about it in the early 1600s, same situation, but it's like all happening in the like New England area. Right. A hot spot, seriously. Which makes me wonder, like, what were the Native Americans thinking? Like, do they have stories? Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure, right? Because if these guys are hearing stories and they basically just got there, I mean, oh yeah, I'm sure there's something. I'm sure there's tons. Mm-hmm. I found this book in researching this. There was this book, and it was called like "The Wonders in the Sky" or something. He chronicled every sighting from literally BC times to mm-hmm. the 1880s because he said that he stopped to the 1880s because of things started you know getting in the air you know technology was too advancing. high yeah yeah advancing early 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 bc all the way up to 1880 and these yeah. stories were a couple of them seemed like an interesting book he had a different <laughs> he had a different symbol for different types of alien stories so one of it was flying saucer one of them was abduction alien abduction Abduction, Mm -hmm. and they had a different symbol for everything but i mean if you're interested in this check that out i actually thought that that was kind of interesting and he also linked it to folklore and art when you see flying saucers and things in art Mm -hmm. yeah it's just so fascinating and again i just wouldn't have pictured a recorded story that early in the u.s's time yeah me either And again, this is technically previous to even the United States becoming the United States. Yeah. And what's even stranger is how many people saw it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, can you just imagine John Winthrop, you're the governor and you're just like trying to keep afloat and just, you know, everybody survive and you're just trying to adjust and you just have these people coming up to you like, hey, I saw this random gray thing like darting Mm -hmm. between and it's just multiple stories. That is so scary. I was reading that he was a pretty, I don't know, I guess, level-headed guy. And Mm -hmm. the rest of, like, all of his writings, he didn't dabble in town gossip or anything. It's not like Mm -hmm. he's saying, oh, and then Betty did this. And then, yeah, Mm -hmm. we saw these lights in the sky. He was very, very, to the point of factual. Yeah, Yeah, matter of fact. And he, the fact that he wrote about these instances really shines light on them because he wouldn't normally partake in anything so exactly silly I guess and also too I'm sure when he's writing down the story he knew that it sounded crazy because he said oh the guy James who told me this like he's a sober and discreet man like that is a direct quote from him right so again he's making a note like hey this guy who I know is sane said this along with other people like that something suspicious is happening 
Like, I know this sounds crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's not crazy. Yeah, exactly. So fascinating. So let's dive into the theories of what people think. We have a couple. But before we do, let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right, T, let's dive in. So I think the obvious answer is aliens, right? So from the 1639 case, people think that the repositioning of the boat could suggest that they were unaware of a possible alien abduction. People argue saying how could they have watched this light go on for like two to three hours? Or did they get this time mixed up with the abduction? Some people argue a couple of these pieces in the story don't add up. And so the answer is, of course, aliens. Of course it's aliens. Whenever there's anything in the sky, it's aliens. Mm-hmm. Duh. And the time, what is time? Two to three hours? Duh. Abduction. Abduction. You lose track of time. It's the exactly. whole point of abduction. <laughs> exactly. So with the sightings, with the multiple stories, you know, this is just the go-to answer. And I wonder too... I don't know. Is I feel like aliens is a somewhat modern word. Yeah. What was John Winthrop thinking? Like, I'd like to know that. I'd like to know what the people are wondering. Like, did they also say aliens? Yeah, like spirit. What was their go-to insert blank, you know? Yeah. I think it was probably spirits, like they were saying, mm-hmm. with the dead sailors. Fireworks didn't even exist, I don't think, yet. Actually, I don't know. Maybe they did now that I think about it. I don't think in color. They were probably in China, right? Yeah. So I was going to say maybe the green color would have thrown them off, but I guess it's possible. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, just trying to reason, you know, what these Mm -hmm. people are thinking, like, what could this possibly be? I tried looking up alien abductions and it's just like too vast. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are they trying to do if they are abducting us? What are they trying to do? Are they just testing on us? Is mm-hmm. that what it is? My roommate thinks... Where are we going? That, yeah, where are we going? My roommate thinks that there are aliens and that they check in on us mm-hmm. every so often. Every mm-hmm. few decades or so, they just check in, be like, okay, where are you in civilization? Like, how far along yeah. have you progressed? Yeah. Okay, yeah. we don't have to deal with you just yet. We don't have to yeah. do something about this just yet. And then they fly back off. So they could be coming in See, they're like, okay, there's some new people in this new part of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're colonizing. All right, all right. That's um, and it's pro- not progress, but that's like another step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just something to write down in the books. Yeah, I know, and it's also really freaky when I think about how like light and time works, and if another universe comes into our universe. Even though we're in 2021, they could be entering like the 1600s. What? <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> like something about time and the way that time travels and how it works or whatever. <laughs> like you wouldn't necessarily, if you're from another universe, enter in 2021 present day. You might be like, let's say you have like a kaleidoscope or something, a little telescope, I should really say. You could be seeing like the 1800s. Oh, if you look into the sky. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, could this be somebody in the future, an alien? 
looking into the past but we're in 2021 I don't know it's like (laughs) (laughs) you're confusing me (laughs) not quite sure exactly what I'm trying to say but just like time is crazy (laughs) (laughs) we need a paper plate so we can poke we embed it in half and poke a hole through it and so we can describe time exactly exactly like it's just like what is time and wormholes what yeah it's freaky it's freaky stuff I don't like thinking about it But there is another theory, a little bit more practical, and this is speculated that it is some sort of decomposed organic matter. So there's this thing called ignitus fatus. Shannon, sure. would you like to correct me? Yeah. You feel? Does that feel right? Does that feel good? That feels right. Uh, I like fatus better than fatus, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Yes. Either either one. Whatever floats your boat. So people speculated that the curious glow could have been an ignitus fatus, which is a pale light that can appear over marshland due to the combustion of goals from decomposed organic matter. So the ignitus fatus, or also known as a will-o'-the-wisp, will-o'-wisp, is Latin for, quote, giddy flame. Uh, and basically, it's this ghost-like light, essentially, that travels at night. And you can really find them over bogs, swamps, or marshes. And this phenomenon is known in English folk by a variety of names, including jack-o'-lantern, friar's lantern, hinky punk, or hobby lantern. And it is said to mislead travelers by resembling a flickering lamp or lantern, which is fascinating that there's just like a lot of stories and like connection to this but the light was not rising from the swamp from the story but rather it was shooting across the sky that's described by john and as we mentioned earlier it created a swine like shape and so the area of where they found the swine shape eventually became the separate town of brookline that we know today and pigs and other cattle were stored there during the summer while corn was growing in Boston. So people think that the UFO witnesses had seen or heard swine on the same day that they observed the great lights. Thus, the lights resembling a common animal, making it probable that they saw what we refer to as ignitus fatus, like a mirage or like a phenomenon in the darkness. Yeah, and their brain was just thinking, oh, that's the shape of the swine. Yeah, it's kind of like when you go to bed and you have a dream about, I don't know, like butterflies. But before you went to bed, you saw a picture of a butterfly. It's just like already imprinted into your head. Mm -hmm. Similar to that. So yeah, Shannon, like where's your tinfoil hat on the aliens, ignitus, fetus theories? Well, the Ignitus is interesting because I was looking up different things and depending on where you look, depended on if it just floats there or if it Mm. moves around a bunch. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I saw was that some of these lights, if you walked towards them, they would walk away, like they would go away from you. Mm -hmm. And if you stopped, they stopped. And then if you, 
if you walked away, they would follow you. So that's freaky. Some of them said that it's due to the pressure that your breath makes. <laughs> like <laughs> the light can be, can move with you with the, I think like your footfalls in the marsh and mm-hmm. your breath and stuff, which mm-hmm. sounds very strange. Like that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they said that they can kind of go across the sky, but then other places said, no, it's just kind of hovering there. So it is a little confusing as to, because this very much sounds like they were watching this thing go back and forth yes. for two hours. Yes. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, how high up from the marsh? Because if it's just, like, hovering at two feet above the marsh, mm-hmm, cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool. But if it's way up in the sky, that's not yeah. bad. Yeah. And it's definitely described in the sky, you know, or at least in the recordings of the journals. Or right. Yeah. Right. It's so crazy. Where's your tinfoil hat? I feel like, I think the Ignitus Fatus or whatever, I think it makes sense. And I think it did exist. Yeah. And I think it does exist. And I think it can happen. I just don't know for these particular stories if it's Mm -hmm. this. I think this is a great answer for like trying to find some rationale of what it could be. But a part of me, and you know what? I'm just going to kind of like roll the die here. I kind of like uh-huh. the aliens. I don't know. Like, I'm almost like a little towards that. I kind of it agree. It seems so mysterious. And I don't know. And I also feel like at that time period, I get they don't have like the science to back up. Like, what is an ignitus fetus? And, you know, how it it's a combustion, you know, of yeah. over the marshland. But like these people, like they've been surviving since BC time. Like, I think there would be these farmers know if it's over marshland. Like they've seen this thing before, you know, yeah. like yeah. Um, they're familiar. And I don't think it's really like the talk of the town or whatever. But the fact that it's high, like because mm-hmm. to me, if it's in high in the sky, that means more visible visibility right for other people because it's like again in the sky yeah versus like over marshland like you said like if it's hovering like two feet above it it's like eh, i don't know it kind of seems a little harder for people everyone to see your like multiple stories right so i kind of like i don't know my, my temple hat's like in my hand i'm kind of leaning towards aliens <laughs> yeah i like that too i also i'm gonna pull out another one in that it's one of those hallucinogenic naturally occurring things like we talked about with the the Salem witch trials, mm-hmm. you know the the fungus oh, yeah, got yeah, into yeah, the yeah, weed, yeah. and then groups of people started seeing things that weren't there. Mm-hmm. I also love that theory, but yeah, actually, <laughs> it could be. I mean, it certainly is a UFO. It's an un- unidentified flying object. That yes, is, yes, for sure. Whether or not it's aliens, that is up in the air. But I do, I'm I'm not discounting it. Yeah, I will say, however, the voices that they heard, mm. I don't think that's aliens because I don't think the aliens would speak English. I don't think it'd be yeah. screaming, boy, boy. Um, right, right. <laughs> but I do think that that was a ghost. Yeah, that was like definitely some freakiness for sure. It's definitely a ghost. The lights were aliens. Yeah. I also, can we take a step back and like think of our Roanoke episode? Like, this is a weird time. Oh, yeah. This is, I don't know, it just blows my mind how many freaky, weird, mysterious, unexplained, and I get it, like, it's not like they had technology or whatever, so we're, like, all we can go off of are 
written stories but it's just and very like, few yeah and very few and these little like clues that we have it's just like it doesn't make sense this story and then missing colony and but then there's this mysterious writing on the tree like it's just a lot to process during this time period yeah there's a lot going on it's yeah terrifying to be in these colonies 100 oh yeah yeah a thousand percent but yeah, those were the first few UFO sightings in, I guess it's not really the United States yet, first few recorded ones in North America that we know of. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good episode. We hope you guys, you enjoyed it. And we'll, you know, we'll be back sprinkling some more alien stories because honestly, there's so many to go around. So we'll have something, I'm sure, in the future. And we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you guys after with a fabulous episode in the upcoming weeks. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bear Roots Pod, B-A-R-E, Roots Pod, uh, so you can stay up to date on the latest and greatest. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to share. Give us a five-star review on whatever listening platform you do listen to. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.